Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, April 28th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Dan Petru. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and I am always right. I want to throw that out there. I have, I now, Mike's just taken off, right? But I will say this. Come on now. I was looking, you know, if, if I had a, if I had real, if we had real people working on this show behind the scenes, besides the, uh, you know, the, the, the dogs and the, and the rats that live down here. And Russ the chicken. And Russ the chicken, who, um, you know, who took a lot of heat yesterday. We'll get into that later. But, um, if we had you know more people working behind the scenes, I would be able to bring up the video of how much I was laughed at in each of my predictions. Were the predators? I mean, Sorry. Mike, you sat there and just Sorry, laughed. I had to go. I had to go vomit. You just laughed, Mike, when I said predators in seven. I remember we had Kevin Allen on. Yes. You just laughed at me. Yes. If you recall, I I wanted to take the Preds, Blues, and Sharks, but I didn't have the guts to, and you did. At least you admitted it. Yes. I, I prefaced it saying I wanted to, I just didn't have the guts to. And I wanted to take the Islanders, and I didn't have the guts to do that, so I'll throw that out there. You didn't have the guts to do it in the second round either. It's I okay. I didn't have the guts to do it in the second round either, and again, I could be totally wrong. Um, okay. well, well, we talked about it yesterday, and I said, you know what? I said, this is like, at, at some point, you know, all this hard work and this ability for a team to get come from behind... Well, it may it may it may be a little unfair to to include Nashville on the year of the choker theme, but right, they really they really haven't uh, succeeded in the playoffs in their history. No, I think it's completely fair, and I think that's a good point. And someone did text me last night and say, "Well, I guess not all the dragons are going to be slain." And you know, last night really both teams were slaying a dragon because right. you know the, they, the the but like I was saying like I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by Mike. I was trying to finish my thought there was that um. The, the Islanders, honestly, what has happened is hard work and grit and determination has now, and, and a little bit of luck and things and things that have gone along the way, of course, that always plays into it in the playoffs, right, have now turned into confidence. Right. And confidence is a big deal in the playoffs. And when you're a confident team, you can do a lot. Um, and Good goaltending, good special teams yeah. goes a long way. Uh, and your best player being your best player. But, um, you know, we talked a lot at the trade deadline about all the teams that bought that are, that are now playing golf. But uh, Shane Prince has made a huge impact in the bottom six in this team. And then Alan Quine getting a shot. Like, two guys kind of either came out of nowhere. Look, I don't know what the long-term plans are for this team, but right now all four lines seem to have jump. They seem to be working, and they uh, they infuse some speed into this team too. Listen, uh, Prince is a really good player. I mean, again, I, I said it the day he was traded. You did. I, I said you he did. was Good pickup, but people maligned me. Like Islander fans are like, oh, he's just like another guy passing through, and he's not. He's it's not. just Ottawa has no money. They knew he'd be an RFA. They knew they wouldn't be able to sign him, so they took what they could get for him. The Islanders made a smart move. He's not a superstar, but he could be a second liner someday. Well, I have, he has that ability. I have to say that the you know not to say it was a turning point because it was so early in the game, but the Sezikis hit on Condra 
yeah. I, I think put everybody back on their heels because you know Tampa Tampa Bay came out and they were really good in the in the early going, got the opening goal. There was all the momentum going one direction, and then that hit happened, and mm-hmm. it it put a hush on the crowd. I mean, he was obviously a bit uh, unstable as he was taken off the ice, and it, to me to me Tampa sort of went back on their heels, and the Islanders really thrived from that point. I think the Islanders punched him in the mouth early, and, and Tampa didn't know how to deal with it. Then the Islanders were sort of hanging on at the end when Tampa, you know, figured out that they need to start skating again. And so it, it made it really close. I mean, Bishop was just awful. Like, let's we can't hide yeah, he that. Was. And he won't be he won't be this bad for he the rest of the series. Of and, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I mean, there, there is something that you see in the first game of series that can always be interesting after the first round because you have. You had two teams playing at sort of different levels, where the um, you know where the, the you play the Panthers in those tough, tough one goal every single mistake matters games that the, the Islanders were playing, and then you look at what the you know what the the Lightning was playing against the Red Wings and how they were playing, where it was a much more you know we got this the Red Wings were playing well but we're going to win this series type thing, and you step into the Islanders just are just you know 48 hours off of this. All right, crazy. You know, we want we just won two games in double overtime mentality. Right. You know, and the and the you know and for a week the 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 Bolts have had like three they had three days off in that week of practice. Yeah, I think in the first period you saw a Tampa team that had too much time off, and yeah. then in the third period I thought you saw an Islanders team who played four games in seven days with two yeah. of them going into double overtime. I think the second period was like the only period where both teams kind of had both their legs going, yeah. and I, I think the. Uh, the Tampa took a while to get going, and I think the Islanders hit the wall and hung on for dear life. Yeah, I will also say I think the chances of Jonathan Duran getting traded are at zero percent now. I agree. I agree, one thousand percent. Yeah, no, he is. He has picked it up big time. But, but, but also the fact that again Kucherov scores and how important Kucherov is to that team, and the fact that he's a he's an RFA making less than $900,000 this year, and there is no way on God's green earth that his agent is going to accept a bridge deal. What do you mean? Then you have to, if a team no, no, wants No, he's going to want a long-term deal. Yeah, he has no bargaining power, Mike. That's completely wrong. Well, maybe. I mean, unless someone's going to come in and offer sheet him, and I don't think that's going to happen. No. No. I don't think that's going to happen. With, with, with their current uh, salary structure, it might be enticing to somebody to do it. No, I mean, it's not out of the question, but, you know, is he really an is he really an offer? I mean, you know, I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for, like, the lesser offer sheets for years. You know, like, you see the me- mega offer. You see the, you know, the share. Like a, like a three-year, three-and-a-half million-dollar yeah, offer. I guess the closest we can say on that maybe is um, was the offer sheet that uh, what's the guy who got traded to to uh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly had like a minor offer sheet type deal, but it was, it was like four it was like four and a half, something like that. Yeah, it was still pretty big though. It was two years twelve million. It was that much? Yeah. That was the offer okay. sheet? That, yeah, that, was, that was that was the whole problem because that that offer sheet made him equivalent in terms of his salary to Matt Duchesne and that was the whole thing that Colorado wanted to avoid. They did not want to pay O'Reilly the same amount of money as Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Colorado is a weird Actually, wait a second. That might have been that might have been, that might have been the deal that he signed after. The offer was too. Colorado's a weird budget team, anyhow, right? Because Will Butcher, one of their really good prospects, just went back to to DU, and the fact that he's going back to his DU for a third year means he's not signing with Colorado, and now they're going to end up trading his rights. And so, like, this is Colorado has weird things happening. So I don't even like to bring them up because I can't even figure them out. But if you offer sheet lower players, 
teams are going to start, like GMs will just pick each other apart, and I don't think you're going to see that. Yeah. And that's why we almost never see offer sheets to begin with because teams in this cap era, think about how many lower-level offer sheet guys are really out there every year, a ton. Yeah, the offer sheet well, The offer sheet from Calgary was two years, $10 million, $5 million per. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing you can see, that the, the other way of going about this, of course, is training Kucherov. You know, like, and, 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 that training around, but that's if you need some other thing. But really what you need is what Kucherov brings you. So it's not like you're going to, you know, you need that extra scoring. So I think that for now, although he can hold out or do whatever he wants to, it's not, he doesn't have a whole lot of power the way this is set up. Um, he's got no power. But in time, you know that, that, that it will be a problem. But, but, all, but, but in, ter in terms of in terms of what's most beneficial to the to the Lightning, signing him to a two-year bridge deal, hitting him putting up a, another couple good years like that, and then expecting to make nine million, or signing him long-term now and paying him say six million, it's more beneficial financially for them to sign him to the long-term deal now. The thing if they have it. I mean, they're only signing him to a long-term deal if. If Stamkos is gone, right. but as long as Stamkos is in the mix, they're not going to do that. Well, that's right. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We'll let him. I mean, no, no. But you're saying you're saying they're going to get rid of Stamkos because they have to do this. No. I'm telling you, they're going to wait Stamkos yeah. out, and then if they lose him, then they will do this. It's different. Right. Stamkos determines what Kucherov does. Kucherov does right. not determine what determine what Stamkos does. I mean, that's right. the bottom line. I mean, you can you can sign Kucherov to two years and let him walk away for nothing if you can if you can keep Stamkos. I mean, you'll do right. that. As good as the Kucherov is, you'll do that before you sit there he's and an say, RFA, "Not a UFA, but but yeah, you're right." Eventually, you know what I mean. You, eventually, he's going to be a UFA. You can let him walk away because you have to. Because if Stamkos wants to stay there, and it all it, that's the, you know we'll talk about Stamkos a lot this summer, but that's what it will be. You know, it'll come down to what he wants to do, really. That, I, and I don't think I don't think anything that's happening now with Joanne or anything like that really is affecting Stamkos. No, it doesn't actually. The positive is is that Stamkos is a team guy, and him just coming out and skating with his team means right. a lot to his teammates. They know he's not coming back this round, but the fact that he does that shows you that he is not a guy that is just all interested in money. No, he's a really he's a really quality person. So I think that that's and you know, but that doesn't mean he's not going to leave. But at the same time, we still have the whole this. The better that team plays, the more Stamkos might want to be a part of that team too. So the better uh, or, or the better or the better that team plays, opposite of the same coin. The better that team plays, the more they realize that they can succeed without Stamkos. No. Without paying him ten million dollars a year, I don't think that's really in the thought process. I don't. I mean, we'll see. I don't think it can be with. I don't think it can be with superstars. That's and no. and, and guys who are just who who represent you know everything. I'm, I'm just stating. I'm just stating the obvious. I mean, they they went through Detroit like a hot knife through butter. I'm just saying. Right. I I think I think that that team is good enough with the players that they have, the ancillary players other than Stamkos that they can be competitive. And if if you're looking at the situation. From Jeff, from Vinick's point of view, and from Eisenman's point of view, and you have Kucherov, Palat, Johnson, Kalorn, Bishop, Hedman, all to sign in the next two years. You cannot sign Steven Stamkos for ten million dollars plus. But here's the thing: Kucherov doesn't score like Stamkos. They're not the same player. Yeah, I, I think Bishop could become a could become a cap cash, cap cap casualty. I think Bishop is a is a good shot on that one because here's you a saw really a window into guy. that last night more than you saw a window into what Mike's talking about to be honest. Well, yeah, and Vasilevsky is considered maybe the best backup in the NHL. So and he did well last night, right? He shut the door. He's very he does very well, and Bishop is was you know arguably a Vezina candidate. So I mean the whole yeah. thing you know we have I think Bishop definitely is the case where okay he's going to be a free agent a UFA next year right? He's got one more year I think. Right, he's got one more year. 
and they'll wait until after the expansion draft to offer them, right, so they don't have to worry about protecting them. Right, 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 right. So that's where you're going to have issues. All right, let's move on to the next game, because I'm, I'm not to say the Islanders, you know, it's fun. They're a fun team to watch. Right? They are a fun team. The fans should be happy. You want to root for. You kind of want to pull for them right now. They are just. We all know that they're undermanned compared to Tampa, but right now they won Game One. That's important. I honestly, I don't know how they won Game One, but they did, and I have to give them credit for it. But you do. You know, they 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 were doing it in in a way with smoke and mirrors. And not to say that they're, you know, there's a. That's been the story of their season, though. You know, right. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not to say that there's a. Have Carl. Matt Carl's turnovers and the penalties were awful. They were just yanking guys down. Yeah, the the the, the, the Lightning played with a lack of discipline that was surprising for a yes. team. Went to the Stanley Cup final last year, and you know they have to nip that in the butt. I understand the frustration after seeing one of your teammates knocked silly by Sezikis, and I'm surprised they didn't go after him more and maybe throughout the series. I mean, I think Tampa Bay has the size on their roster to be able to deal with. Uh, what the Islanders bring in terms of that forecheck and that fourth line that that is a professional are all all professional disturbers, and we'll see. I, I still think Tampa's going to win this series. It's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I still I still have to guess. I have to stay with Tampa, but it, it's game one. But it was a good game one. That's what I'll say. You know, yeah. the other thing is, and this is why the Rangers got rid of him. Brian Boyle killed like one guy on the ice last night. But he's six seven. He's well over two hundred and twenty pounds. He should have been wreaking havoc on guys after the Condra hit. And I saw him do it once. Did he do it more than that? Did anybody see that? No, no I agree with you. No, that was a real. That was a real issue. No, and I think you know Tampa got caught you know a little bit by surprise last night, and definitely you know a couple bad goals by Bishop. I mean, the second game of the series is going to give us more of a feeling of what the series is going to be like. But the Islanders have definitely. Made them made there, you know. They threw a they threw a first a hell of a f good first volley. Yep. Um, let's get to uh, the, let's get to the nightcap last night. One of the best games of the playoffs so far, in my opinion, was this game seven. I uh, survived it. I can't believe it, but I did. You stayed up for it. I did. I made it too. Um, I you know lots of caffeine, lots and lots and lots of caffeine. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll dispute a bit that there was you know the one of the I mean it there was tension obviously, but I but after it got up to nothing up until about the middle late second period. I didn't think Anaheim was really generating a lot of offense. They weren't getting a lot of great chances. The third period, desperation set in. They got that opening goal by Kessler uh, very early in the third, and they had some opportunities. But really, I didn't think that, that Anaheim really stepped up the pressure until the final 20 minutes of the game. And for a team that was that talented, for a team that was that deep, and not not taking any way, anything away from Nashville because they have obviously one of the best defenses in the NHL. Pekka Rene in the last two games played very well, and they got some performances up front that were unexpected, like Colin Wilson. I, I, you know, Anaheim, it's, it's head-scratching how this team continues to do it. And now, obviously, the pressure... Either on ownership or on management is is directed now toward Bruce Boudreau. I don't think he survives. I really I don't. I think both of them should go. I think Bob Murray and Bruce Boudreau oh, should go. Yeah. Nine people have been saying that, Russ, but I was thinking the same thing. Because yeah. I don't think they can go on like this. They have an older core now with a lot of money locked up. They have mostly good defensemen in their system. They have a few offensive players. Like they're going to have to trade a couple of defensive assets to get offensive players, especially since the haggling thing didn't work out because. They've really weakened themselves offensively. But Ryan Getzlaff, you know, a couple of years ago, I heard people 
comparing him to Mark Messier, and I like Ryan Getzlaff, but he's been very disappointing this year, and especially in that game, he seemed completely out of gas. Like he in that game, he he couldn't do that much, which bothered me. And that team is severely snake bitten. I've never seen a team hit more posts or more yeah. pucks bouncing around a goalie and not go in than them. Corey Perry's got to be beside himself because he had a couple of opportunities there that you think just defied logic. Well, I think mean, not to score a goal in that series for Corey Perry is, yeah. is completely absurd. You can't go seven games and you're Corey Perry and not score a goal. Well, I mean, that, that's insane. And and yeah. and you know, and to be honest, Pekka Rene really early on in that game did not look on his no. game. And I and people were t people were ripping me for saying it on Twitter, but I'm like, no, he's not. He's bobbling everything. He's overplaying things. He looks nervous. And he, but his confidence grew as the game went on, and he had a hell of a third period. But yeah. Well, well think of it. Think of it this way: in terms of looking at the future with the Ducks, Getzloff, Perry, and Kessler are all on the wrong side of 30 years old, and and Kessler's extension kicks in this year. The three of them total to almost 23 million dollars in salary cap, and yeah, we're not right. talking one or two years. We're talking seven, eight years with these oh, yeah. deals. So that I mean, they're locked in with those. Those contracts are immovable. So I mean, they have, as Russ said, they have a bevy of good young defensemen. They have two RFAs in Vatnin and Lindholm. They're probably gonna have to sign one and maybe trade the other one to get some forward help because other than those three guys and a couple others, they don't have a lot of forward depth. They're losing four UFAs uh, up front uh, this summer. And they have to make a decision on, you know, I think they're going to keep Gibson. They signed Gibson to a long-term, not a three-year extension. Freddie Anderson's an RFA, and Freddie Anderson brought them to a Game 7 after Gibson lost the first two games. So but Anderson's got value. Gibson didn't lose the first two games for them. That's the crazy thing. I mean, well, he, he was solely responsible, but I'm saying he lost. They had to go they to Anderson. two goals, you know, like in two games against, you know, against the Predators in those first two games. I mean, I think I think if if, if Boudreaux's worst mistake, well, there, and there's a couple things about Boudreaux that are really getting that are that are problems troublesome. I mean, the pro the real thing about this team though is this is a hell of a good team. This is not a sucky team that we're talking about but here. It's a good defensive team, and for whatever reason, they have a knack for drafting defensive players. I can now tell yeah. you, I can I can name you four guys in the minors that are all defensemen. I can name you Nick Ritchie, who will be their one good offensive guy. I don't know if he'll be great, and then after that, it's kind of like you know. Yeah. Role players and and guys who can make it, but not guys who can make a big difference. Right. That's, that's where they have to change. That's the best power play in the league this year. They had, they had the least goals against in the league this year. They had the best penalty kill in the league this year. They are. I mean, this is a really very very good team that does not get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And you know, honestly, Kessler. As much I've been critical of that contract, and and that contract, there will be a time in that contract when it is horrible. But right now, he is still playing very in the no, playoffs. He played a great couple of last couple of games. He was great. No, no doubt about it. I'm he's, just saying he's, he's a much better. He's like a Justin Williams type, a better version of that. You know. I, I'm just saying that those three, those those three guys are at a certain level right now, and they're not going to get better in the next few years. They're probably going to stay either at the same level or get worse. So right now, what 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 Anaheim has to do, what what Bob Murray or whoever a new GM would be, is to build around that group and add to it because right now they they have they have shown over the last few years they're simply not good enough to win. Right. So I mean that means. Is some dramatic change. I mean, you can trade for any Anderson. He, you know, there are a lot of teams out there. I think that need a number one goaltender, maybe three or four teams, and you could get a decent return. In a way, they're in the same position that the Philadelphia Flyers are, except the Flyers are not as far along. They have 
boatloads of young defensemen and teams out there are killing to get defensemen. They can move one or maybe even two of them and help themselves up front because they, if they can't score, they're not going to win. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's just good, weird. Good though. Like, you look at them and you say they're a good skating team, they're a good defensive team, they have good goaltending, but you see it only gets you so far. It's like there's more to the equation than that, and that's Look, they got Hagelin. We all thought it would be a good fit, and for whatever reason it didn't fit, so they bailed on him quickly, and they got cap space, but they didn't get anything back in return. Like, they just they, – they basically – that was something yeah. where they could have gotten a good asset, and they didn't. They admitted a, they admitted a mistake and said, oh, can we get out of this? And they, and instead of eating any money, they got out of it by acquiring Perron, and now Perron walks as a UFA if they, if they didn't want to – if they don't want to re-sign him. Yeah, which they won't, but – um. No, I, and there's something about Boudreaux, though. I mean, they have to say, what is it? Why is why why in game sevens does this happen? And you know, part of it is the fact that in two of those game sevens, they play the two teams that are going on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, that is something that is legitimate. But, they, but you have to overcome that. Like this is the whole thing. Yeah, you do, you do. No, but this it's is like power. a I mean, story. This is like Rudy. This is like anything else. At some point, you either overcome it. Or if I'm the owner, I've got to go in a different direction. Yeah, it's how, much, how much blame does Murray get, though? There has been so much tinkering with this roster in the past 14 months. Yeah. yeah. I and feel, like he, I feel like he should, if, if Boudreaux's going to go, he should go, too. Well, and, 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 and I, I don't know him personally, but I know people who do know him, and Bruce Boudreaux is a, is a great guy and, uh, you know, well-liked around the league. But the no thing doubt. is, when you go 1-6 and six in Game 7s... Yes. Well, no, that's but he, you know, he, yeah. I mean, that, there's no question. But every I think Bob Murray's more respected. But I think at the end of, I think it's we've reached the end of the line here. I think, I don't, I don't think with the guys that they have, with everything else that's in place, the result should be better. Even though they didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs and did, it's still not good enough. Here's the thing, and I might be reaching on this one. Okay, so hear me out. But Boudreaux doesn't look well on the bench to me. Like no. well, I don't know what you know when when you watch him when you watch these games go on and it's just. In these pressure situations, I mean, the guy looks like man. If, if you tried to put a blood pressure cuff on his on his arm, it would explode. Yeah, I, I, really, I agree with what you're saying, but we're not doctors, so I don't. Well, know. No, I'm not saying I'm doctors, but I'm just saying that, and I'm not saying that he's he might. This might just be the way he looks when he's perfectly relaxed or whatever. He, he's red as could be, you know, and it just looks like. But and why, why I bring this up is just this. I you know players respond to that like players respond to. How, like the thing that Sullivan does so well in Pittsburgh is he's completely relaxed. Like he is completely calm all the time. Or he's stone face. He keeps it inside. Right. Right. He's just that's. But you know. But with Boudreau wears his all on his sleeve, and everyone knows the pressure that everyone knows that Boudreau's you know jobs on the line. Everybody knows that he's going to lose. Well, and I, that, I mean, I just I feel like it just becomes this self fulfilling thing where the players just get more and more nervous that they're going to screw it up for him. He gets more and more nervous looking. They, they're like, there's no, you know, they kind of need what the Penguins had this year, which is this influx of young talent with no baggage that would really, that, you know, that doesn't have to think about these last four years, you know, like, and, and that would regenerate Perry and gets left perhaps, but like it has with Crosby, you know, to a degree. So, well, I can say one thing. He looks better. He looks better right now than Jack Capuano. Yeah, Cap took a nice after, little shot off the face taking there. a puck in the face. Uh, yeah, he's pushing all the right buttons right now. Yeah, it is pretty amazing that goalies... he's getting more. He's getting more out of a less talented team. Oh yeah, no, it's amazing that coaches don't get hurt more often with those kind of things. I'm always a shot. I'm always amazed. You know, I'm always. I, I know players do shoot the puck at 
and they'll never admit this, but they'll shoot the pocket guys on the bench when they're trying. Of course to they do. All can, the time, you know. So that's and that I happened. Can either deny or confirm that I might have done that. Yeah, no, but I mean the flyer. It happened in the Flyers' last Flyers Caps game where they, sh- you know, where somebody shot the puck. I think Braden Shen shot the puck at somebody right on the Caps bench, and they went after him right away. But yeah, don't give Antoine Roussel any ideas. He'll probably do that to the Blues. It's not illegal to do that, you know. That's the funny thing about it. So, so let's um let's move on from there, okay? And um here we are. I mean, there's there's some different fun, kind of fun things, but we're gonna stop right at two today. Um, but I wanted to get into this for a second. Um. Boudreaux in Ottawa? What do you think? No. 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 Ottawa's going to go there. Ottawa's going to go cheap. And they need to go cheap and young because they they got a lot of they got a lot of work to do there. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I personally if I'm Ottawa, I go for Guy Boucher. That's who I go for. I don't know. I might go for a young coach. I think they Boucher might, they, though, I don't they know. Might go, they might go to a, they might go to the AHL. They might go to a guy like Travis right. Green who uh, yeah. is coaching Vancouver's AHL team in Utica. He's been in the mix for a head coaching job. I, I you know apparently you know Luke Richardson is no longer in the mix and he had been yeah. rumored to be part of uh, anything. They might go to they might go to the, to junior as well. They could yeah, go. There's a, there's a big break. There's a huge shift that's going on in Ottawa there that, that's probably been due for a few years now, and, and you know, Richardson got kind of caught in the crossfires of that. I guess. Um, which is a shame, because I think Richardson would be a hell of a coach. But, I do, too. And I think he I will be. He I think he'll, he'll get his shot. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Predators and before we move on to tonight, though, because the Predators do now move on um, for this only the second time in, yeah. their, hist- in their history. Yeah, I, I mean, how are you going to tear yourself? For, San Jose, Nashville, how are you going to know. I know. I mean, I'm the optimist, you know. Unlike you, Mike, I do look on the show to talk about this. I mean, and no, what I want to say is, you know, I want to say that no, the optimistic thing of this is one of those two teams isn't going to the conference finals. I mean, that to me is is an awesome thing. Like, I, I, those are my two teams I follow in the West and have always have always followed. And I, I think my reading interest is probably with is is more is more with Nashville. But um, if I was going to buy a new pair of Fry boots to go with that shirt. I, uh, I'm gonna go down there. Um, not, not. I don't know. I'm thinking about going down there for game three and four. I don't think I am, but I'm, I'm pos- possibly going down there. Probably I probably shouldn't wear the Martha's Vineyards hat if you go there. No, I won't. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I do want to head down there and just, you know, because I mean, it's gonna Maybe be so hair awesome. extensions. I think hair extensions would be good. <laughs> Games three and four are gonna be. I mean, in that, you know, next Tuesday and Thursday night, it's just very tempting to just. It's just expend, expensive, but I'm just I'm part of me is thinking, you know, it might be a good time for a, for a road trip. Just hop in the car, drive the 11 hours down there, stay for two games, and come back. Um, because it really is just uh, going to be amazing. I mean, this that that city is so. I great. will tell you this: when I did that for the draft, I stopped yeah. at Cracker Barrel and we slept in the in the um, in the rocking chairs until they opened. It was the best move of my life. You slept in the rocking chairs. Those yeah, are awesome. They're like an hour early, so I fell asleep in the rocking chair while waiting for Cracker Barrel to open. Oh, that's great. That is so great. <laughs> now, Cracker, Barrel is, Cracker Barrel is definitely, you know, that's a must hit when you're driving down to Nashville. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a, there's one in Pennsylvania, not too far from me now in Pennsylvania, actually. It's yeah, very but it has to be a road trip thing. You, like, you just can't go, like, hey, we're going to Cracker Barrel for dinner. You know, you can't just do that with your house. Yeah, if you're driving, like, five hours, a Cracker yeah. Barrel is the coolest thing in the world. If yep. you're just, like... Hey, you know, we could go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> it I mean, good for breakfast. Don't get me wrong. They've actually gotten really <laughs> pricey, and I don't go as much as I used to. But you're, you're right. They're better on road trips. It's, it's, it's part of being in a car for five hours that makes Cracker Barrel awesome. Um, 
and 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 definitely it, it also makes McDonald's taste delicious. Oh yeah, no, no question about that. We when we did it when we did a trip across the country, my wife and I, we counted every McDonald's we saw. Oh my god! Just to see what it was like because we were, when she was moving back from San Jose, and um, yeah, we we were up over four hundred that we passed. Um, but but of all those things, you want to hear the craziest stat? I'm just gonna throw this out. This is so ridiculous, totally off topic. But here's a crazy stat for you, okay? There are more Chinese restaurants in this country than McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and Taco Bell combined. I believe it. That's correct. Yep. Isn't that crazy? But it's true. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting that you always think of it. But yeah, all you and we still have an overabundance of cats. I don't see how more 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 oh, more wow. egg rolls than egg McMuffins. Wow! 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 All right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I guess I'm getting invaded. Um, anyway, that's um, they're coming for you. Yeah. No, I know what they're. I know it was here, and I'm really just tough about it because I'm getting my. My, our air conditioning is broken, and I told them I cannot do it till 2.30, and I'm sure that's them, but I'm going to just ignore them. Um, all right, because I told them 2.30. All right. <laughs> so that's the, that's the Predators. I, now let's talk. Let's, let's, before we get into the – we'll get into the Pred series tomorrow. Um, I do want to get um, – Dan, you're not here tomorrow, right? So I do want to get your, not, thought, no. your thought on that, on the Pred series. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the Preds and Sharks? Well, you know, in, the, in round one, I went with uh, – the Ducks, because I thought just the depth down the middle and the balance on defense was was would would do it. But what it turned out would be was Nashville's depth on defense and Pecorene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pecorene is the is the difference here. I, when he is on, he is one of the top five goalies in the game. Uh, when he's off, they go home. So with that being said, I, I think it's going to be another close series. Uh, I think uh, San Jose's got a lot of offense, but I, I still I, I I do like the depth. Um, of the Predators' defense, I think guys like Ellis and Eckholm are emerging, and some of their young, other young defensemen that they seem to just grow on trees. And if Renee's going to play like this, I think they're going to be in the series. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Predators in six. Preds in six. Cool. I'll be right back. The dogs like that pick. Yeah, they I do. like that pick. Um, let's start with the Caps, Caps and Washington, Caps, Caps and Penguins series. Um, and why don't you start this this one off, Russ? I'll be right back. Okay. So. Caps Penguins. I, I I really do feel that it's not Crosby versus Ovechkin anymore. It might be what we're going to hear on television. It might be all the video clips that we see, but I don't really think that's the case anymore. Not that either Ibram don't have a big impact on the team, but I think it's changed. I think I think the Capitals are their fortunes are really behind Brayden Holpe more than they're behind Alex Ovechkin. And and I don't know why we don't hear that narrative, but I think that's an important one. And and really for the Penguins. Matt Murray has sort of saved their season because just imagine if Matt Murray wasn't good, what they would have been doing. They, you know, they would have lost to the Rangers, right? So they're, I guess, in a way, playing with house money a little bit. But I think we're going to see now what Matt Murray's made of as far as in his early NHL career. If if he were to lose this series, I'm not going to count it against him as far as looking at him as a great prospect because he's gotten this far. But I just think the Caps with with the amount of lines they can roll and the size and speed of their defense. I think at times they're going to overmatch the Kunakles and some of the lower guys right. on Pittsburgh that have sort of been getting away with it. You know, I don't know how many times I had to hear Joe Micheletti talk about Connor Sheary, but he's playing with Sidney Crosby. He right. can skate with Sidney Crosby. It's not like he's lighting it up point-wise. He's skating and he sort of handed him the puck. I, I think we've sort of overrated or some have overrated like the Connor Sheary effect. They do. And, the, and it's funny because I, I, uh, Sheary is playing again with Crosby tonight. And Kunitz, who has traditionally played with him, 
is playing on. He has no points so far in the in the playoffs, and he's older and slower. You know, older and slower, and he, he can't keep up. I mean, I think actually the most important line for that team is going to continue to be Haglund, Benino, and Kessel. Yeah. If they get yes. secondary scoring from them, they take the pressure off Crosby, and that sort of frees up Crosby to do what he can do. I mean, I, I agree, Russ. I, I think this. This series is decided more in the goaltending matchup and the depth at forward. You know, Ovechkin and Crosby may neutralize each other, but you know the Chimeras, the Beagles, the you know, Justin Williamses. You know, this is where those acquisitions or those players that they've had for a while are really going to pay off. Tom Wilson and his physical abilities, and you know his ability to get underneath the skin of some of the smaller uh, Penguins forwards if he can catch them. Um, Orpic is supposed to. They're saying that he is feeling better and that he um, may get the green light from the doctor. So if he does, he could be back in the lineup, maybe not tonight, but maybe by game two or game three. Alsner supposedly was uh, banged up, but he'll be in the lineup for game one. The, I made the analogy yesterday, but before I was interrupted by that stupid chicken. Uh, <laughs> the, the comparison with Holpe a few years ago when they played Boston and upset Boston in 2012 in the first round. Holpe was a, a rookie. And, you know, everything was new to him, and the teams didn't have a book on him, and he was able to come up as a rookie and beat the Bruins. I, you know, Murray could do that, but I think the experience factor is going to probably be a problem for him. You could see Flurry back in this series if Pittsburgh falls behind early. They say he's continuing to skate, and he may be ready to come back fairly soon. So my prediction is, is, uh, is Capitals in... I think I said seven, but it's six or seven. Yeah, it's caps in seven for me. The other two things, the last two things I have is Shamara is really important in that team in the locker room. He he really calms things down. I, I see a great zen out of him there. And actually, I, I'm really impressed with TJ Oshie in that locker room too. He's really a positive guy and and really a just a, a great addition that way. So I, I think those are two big things too. I think what it comes down to is because I really I think this is this is an unbelievable hard series to predict. I think it's going to be Holpe or whomever is in goal uh, for the Penguins. Obviously, is one of the biggest matchups. But I think the biggest matchup is the secondary star, is Malkin versus Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov was not good in the first round. I think that's the difference because so much, so much cancel each other out. Yeah. I, I just it's it's almost impossible for me to pick this series because I I like both teams and I could see either both teams uh, you know winning either way so we're gonna go heads Capitals and it is it is tails so we're gonna go Penguins in seven nice I like honestly, it honestly I I just have no idea I have no idea how to predict how this series is gonna come out Kuznetsov had one point in in the in the first round and. Marcus Johansson picked up the slack. I think he had six points. So he did, but at some point they're going to need Kuznetsov to beat Kuznetsov. Exactly. No, that that's I totally agree with that point. Um, my thought on this series is a little bit different. I, you you picked the Caps in seven, Russ. Yes. Okay. So um, here's the thing about this series that doesn't that I wrote about today, and I really do believe this: the Penguins played exactly as they have to play in the first round of the playoffs to beat the Capitals. They have to continue that moving along as they're playing there. But the Capitals have to be a lot better than they were against the Flyers to beat the Penguins. Yes. And that that's what we just don't know if they can do that or not. I think they can, but there's there was such a, I mean, literally, Neuvirth got inside their head to the point where, you know, when Baxter scored that goal, you would have thought he scored the cup-winning goal, the way that Caps bench reacted, and the way, you know, I mean, Ovechkin did his famous, like, Moose DuPont thing across the ice we were joking around about. 
because he was so fired up. Um, they they literally you know weren't getting any secondary scoring at all. Their power play went. Everybody was oh their power play was amazing. Eight for seventeen. Well, five of those were in the in game three when the game really that was a completely ridiculous game in general. They didn't score a power play goal in the last three games of that series, and their power play didn't look very good at all um, against the Flyers in the last three games. Against the Flyers power play penalty killing unit that was really beaten up. So you know, and uh, granted, Neuvirth was amazing, and that plays into it. But they're they're going to have to score on the power play against the Penguins to beat them. The, and there's the biggest issue is this is this Capitals team when you look at their goal differential over the year they were they were like plus 65 or some crazy number like that right they uh, they were just wait but but when you look period by period their second period they were like a plus 30 their third period they were like a plus 30 in the first period they were a plus two in the first periods the first and that, that continued in the playoffs against the Flyers in the first period they would take bad penalties they would just really just kind of coast through these first periods. And the problem is this Penguins team is built to get a lead on you and put you away. And if this and that's very different than the Flyers. Like the Penguin this Penguins team, if you give them those power plays and you fall down one nothing or two nothing, you are um, you're gonna you're gonna lose four to four or five to one. That's so you cannot the Caps cannot let that happen. I'm not convinced that they can stop that from happening. Because there's nothing that's shown me that they have. I mean, and as good as they are, I might be completely what about wrong. A great goalie, a great goalie. They, they have a great goalie, but I mean, Lundqvist is a great goalie too. And you, I mean, you Lundqvist could, had a, the worst series of his life. But part of that was the Penguins making him look really yeah, bad. A lot of no. it was Lundqvist too. Uh, it was Lundqvist. I, I'm not, but and I'm, I'm not going to say you know that they're going to kill, that they're going to roll over in five games or whatever. But I do think that this is a that this is an issue, and I think that at the, at the end of the day. Now the Penguins, the, what they have going against them here is the way they like to score goals is actually way, the way Holpe's at his best. Like Holpe is very good down low. He's very good, um, even like defending as a two-on-one goalie, like getting across, making saves like that. That's how the you know the Penguins like to score their goals. So I think you'll see a lot of of that. Now the the way the Flyers showed that you can beat Holpe and really seemed like the only way they could beat him were um, were you know using utilizing your points and, and getting shots from outside. And uh, and either getting a rebound or or just getting it through screens. But hope he's amazingly amazing at picking up pucks through screens too. And he's an incredible goalie. That's that's what the Caps have going for them. No two ways about it. Um, Murray though is not a slouch right now either. He is he's really just his calmness plays into the whole thing. Like the, there's Sullivan's calmness on the bench and there's Murray's calmness on the ice. And the whole thing is 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 working to the Penguins' favor. Um, uh, so I'm I'm going Penguins in six. I just think that I can't I can't talk you out of it. But I'm just I, I think a misnomer was in the Philly series. Everybody focusing on Mason at the beginning and then Neuberth when he came in and hope he never had a bad game. He didn't have one bad game. Oh yeah, but the Flyers didn't have any offense either. Well, I, I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day. We saw what happens. You don't have to have a lot of offense when Ben Bishop's giving up goals like he gave up and Lundqvist gave up some like he gave up. Yeah, but the Penguins have a lot of offense. I mean, the, the, the sure. Penguins are going to take three times as many shots per game as the Flyers. I don't think it matters to Holby. I don't think that's a big deal. It He's might not. a lot of shots. It might not, but the power plays, I mean, the Penguins, they can't give and, up. And, and, we're putting, and we're putting a lot of faith in a 22-year-old goaltender who's played three playoff games. That's why I'm right. saying... You know, I'm not. You know, I think Murray is a top line 
goaltending prospect, and he had a great year in the American Hockey League last year. But we're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs and playing the best team in the league. Right. It's not inconceivable that after two games they go to Flurry. If Flurry, oh, yeah. no, and that's and that that's a wonderful option for them to have. I mean, I don't think that that's, but I don't think it's going to be the Penguins goaltending that determines this series. In my opinion, it's going to be. No, I, I actually agree with what what Dan said. It's going to be if guys like if Malkin can continue to score, if they can get offense out of guys like Hagelin and Benino, mm-hmm. secondary offensive. Uh, sources, not rely strictly on Crosby and Kessel. If they can get offense versus what Washington can do with guys like Kuznetsov, with Justin Williams, with Johansson. It's a battle of the secondary offenses. Yeah. Whoever wins yeah, that one. You know what? There's, there's another layer here, too. I'm going to take the Chimeras and the Beagles and yeah. those guys over the Kunakles and the plugging lesser-known guys on the Penguins, too, because those guys are young guys. Right. Beagle played out of his mind on the PK. Like, he was blocking yeah. everything in sight. He killed the Flyers on his own in that last game six. He did. And and Shamara is always one of these guys that just when you least expect it, he comes up with a goal or two because of his speed. But I'm just saying they have a good mix of young and old, but the older guys play a really good role. And I'm not even counting Mike Richards. If you want to say Mike Richards is great on the PK, you could say it. I won't. But I'm just saying they have a lot of those guys. The Penguins are sort of lacking those guys, and it hasn't really been an issue up to this point. Russ, I was shocked in that one five-on-three in, in in game six that Richards was the forward. Yeah, but they that, that's how they want to use them. And look, on that particular five-on-three, the Flyers didn't score, so I have to give props to them. But that's his role. Like, they don't have him for any other reason. Yep. No, it's really true. And, that, and they... I mean that, and I think that the you know leadership that he's bringing to right. the team is you know what is what Trotz really likes about him. So, yeah, I, I, I'm. Look, we didn't even mention Justin Williams' name. He could win two or three games on his own. I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, no, he and he was at times very good, but he also had a weird series against the Flyers. Took a lot of weird penalties. Um, you know, and and put the you know in a way helped helped you know. I I think the, I think where he almost cost the series was that first was the first period of Game Five. Because that's where the that's where the Caps should have rolled the Flyers, and they lost all the momentum coming out, um, in that first period of Game Five, and that 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 made it for an incredibly crazy, you know, ending. So, um, yeah, to me that that's, I just I want to see that I got to see more other Caps. Maybe it's not fair. Maybe they didn't have to have more against the Flyers. So maybe that that's why we didn't see it. Maybe we'll see it tonight because they have to have more against the Penguins. But. I just I don't know like I know the Penguins are clicking on all cylinders. I don't know the Caps are. That's my opinion. You know, it's just like and I think that, and I think when you win a series in six, you're you're pretty much clicking. I mean, I. I well, I just so, I mean, think so, flashy. They, they do it a different way now. I think. I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I just think the Penguins at home are going to be very very tough, and I, that's. I think they can win one game, and I think they will win in six. You know, it is amazing how many, how many series there. They showed the stat last night during the Predators game. Um, at least on the Hockey Night Canada feed, I was watching of of that you know of the, since 2009, more series have ended in seven than any other any other number. Isn't that crazy? Like that's like yeah. more in seven than six, five, or four. Um, so it just shows you how crazy close these series are. So yeah, and the parity and all that. Yeah. So we should talk about the uh, the Vezina candidates. Yeah, yeah, we can get into that. Vezina sounds good. Um, but first, I do have to do one thing because I, I was I was I was got in trouble for do, not doing this yesterday, um, and that is the mascot battle. Okay, so I got 
I had like three emails, amazingly enough, about this. So the mascot battle for the Islanders versus the Lightning to start with, okay? okay. Um, an, the, an Islander, we, as we talked about before, is a, you know, I feel like I, I picture the Down Easter Alexa, Billy Joel song, a, a guy fishing out, you know, and working hard for his money and going out there and being tough. And then, but Lightning is not the friend of, of, a, of, a, of a person who works the sea. Yeah, ask George Clooney in a perfect storm. Right, exactly. So I think if there's anything that takes down on takes down an Islander, it would be Lightning. So I think Lightning, the Lightning are the better there. I think the I think the Lightning are the better are the winner there. But what you this what you announced or or talked about for the for the Long Island person is not the average Long Island person. Like right. that's a that's something that Billy Joe created in a song that used to exist a million years ago, and there's still some fishermen. Long Island's pretty affluent. So, like, some of those people are out on boats unless they're out there getting a suntan yeah, somewhere. Sure. I mean, the, you know, Billy yeah, Joel talk about the affluence of Long Island, where he used to live in Huntington in a big, huge house. <laughs> yes. The island, the Islander is Mike Francesa. That's who it is. You know, yeah. it's like sipping, 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 um, sipping, sipping Long Island iced teas out in the. No, out I mean, the they have blue collar people, but there's a lot less blue collar people there. Out in the Hamptons, right? Like sipping. Yeah. Long Island Ice Tea's out in the Hamptons. Hamptons. I mean, that's a whole well, other. Well, that's not. That's again not. You know, a person like that would really not want it to rain. So that would be right. the lightning still beats no, them. The lightning wins. They win. No matter how you slice it, they, that's not a person who's going to be like you know rough and tumble in the rain either. So. Well, they could be golfers and they could be out on the course and get hit by lightning like the, uh, like the priest in Caddyshack. So then the Penguins and Capitals battle of the mascots. A penguin, of course, is a buoyant, flightless waterfowl. That can that can um that can swim faster than any other bird. Um, definitely is a is a speedy bird, but very awkward on land. Um, so when the penguin when a penguin's in its element, it's it's incredible. But you take a penguin out of its element, it's incredibly devoted. Will you know sit there and freeze? We've all seen March the Penguins, and Penguins of Madagascar is the most underrated television series of all time. So there's that too. Then against the Capitals, which to me is a politician again. That's the only way we can go about it. So we're taking Donald Trump versus the Penguins of Madagascar. So to me. No, 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 not Donald Trump because he's not from Washington. Remember? No, he's not. But yeah, he's not. Yeah, actually, you're right. Okay, so let's take um, any John ba John Boehner. John versus versus um the, the suntanned orangey god from Ohio. Yes. Right versus a penguin in Madagascar because the penguins in Madagascar are you know very very. I I think I just think that at the end of the day, a, a person who works in Washington D.C. is going to want nothing to do with a with fighting a penguin. Yeah, I think the Penguins going to outlive them. I mean, the march of the Penguins, there's safety in numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're used to it being tough. They they huddle together. There's nobody in Washington that huddles together. They all fight with each other. They'll fight. Right. They'll lose the fight because they fight with each other, and the Penguins just being united will win. Right. Yeah, I, I, I always preferred Burgess Meredith over Danny DeVito as Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah, Burgess <laughs> Meredith was the gold standard. He was. I like that. That was good. That was good. Definitely. Well, watch um, Penguins of Madagascar, the series on that, elect on on Amazon or, or Hulu sometime. Really hilarious. Hilarious. We're bigger fans of puffins in my family, just so you know. No, puffins are great. Puffins are great. Puffins are northern animals. Penguins are southern animals. Um, a little more colorful. Tomorrow we will definitely get into the sharks and uh, what what happens when a shark faces a faces a saber tooth tiger, and um, depends and when, on land or water. And well, when that's a blues singer. Thing. Right, and when a blues singer faces a celestial body, so we'll get into that tomorrow, for sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's that. Now we can get into the Vesna. Sorry, but for delaying, 
Um, but let's talk about the best. I don't think this is a really short conversation, but go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's a short conversation. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's Ben Bishop, it's Braden Holpe, and who am I leaving out? Um, Quick. That was the surprising one. Jonathan Quick. Now, I would have put in Corey Crawford instead. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Corey Crawford's getting jobbed here. I think. I Nothing think, new for Corey Crawford. Right. I, I honestly, and, and I think it's different. I don't think he is that guy that the cup has only managed to come on his mantle just because of the team. I think that's sort of unfair, and, and I think he's gotten past that. But somehow he's got that reputation. I don't think Quick had the greatest year. I don't even care about stats. You could name me all the stats you want, but to me the eye test, and, and look, the other two, no doubt about it, but the eye test told me that Crawford was better than Quick. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing was, uh, if it wasn't for the last month of the season uh, where he got injured and then really played badly, Corey Schneider would have been in the mix. Yes. Um, but, you know, Cra I mean, Crawford had a, had an excellent season. I, I had him in the mix. Um, I I'm really surprised because I didn't think Quick's, Quick's statistics were not – they were good – they weren't even up to Quick's previous standards, which which is the surprise. So I'm a little I'm a little stunned that he's in the mix. To me, he's clearly third. To me, this is no contest. It's gonna be Holby. It was yeah, more it's a question be of Holby, but I don't like the reputation sort of pick there. And and that sort of reminds me of the reputation pick. Well, it's Jonathan Quick. You know, you gotta put Jonathan Quick in because he's still one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, he might be, but we're going season by season here. And I think sometimes, you know, Everybody who votes, not only just writers but GMs too, may lose sight of that. The, only, I'm the only thing I'll give to Quick, like as to play the other side of this for a second, is that there were times in the early parts of this year. Remember when the when the Kings were terrible? They they really were struggling in the beginning of the year. They had they came out very slowly. They took a while to get going, and when they were really going slowly in the beginning, Quick actually was. I saw a couple games there that Quick really turned them around. Like there were some, there were a couple games in there that. If he doesn't play out of his mind, this this season could have gone really dark, really fast for the Kings. And it felt like there was a couple of games that he gave him confidence to be the Kings again. And uh, I did, I do believe that there was definitely something to that early in the year. I felt like the, the Chicago was in just as much trouble without Crawford. Not because no, I think so. I think that's true too. But Chicago, you know, people are going to look at Chicago and they're going to say, "Well, Patrick Kane had an unbelievable year," you know, and and they're going to. But you look at the Kings and really, no one. I mean. And Dowdy had an incredible year, so obviously, but maybe that's the wrong argument to make. But, you know, I think that there's no question that when you go down to it, this is Holpe. I mean, Holpe almost breaks Marty Brodeur's record. He um, he was out there. I mean, this is... this is Yeah, this we is all like, know it's his year. Like, I'm okay with that. It's an epic season for Brodeur. You know, right, it's, it's funny. Crawford had 35 wins. He had a 924 save percentage. Like, these are not pedestrian numbers. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely not. This is much of a slam dunk for the Vesna as Price was last year. I just yes. don't think Holby is going to get the heart. Uh, he may get nominated, but I don't think he'll win it. Uh, you know, I think there are other can. I think Kane's going to win the heart when that comes out. I agree with you completely. Let's get into the NHL draft lottery. All right. We only have a. Hopefully, the numbers are tabulated this by tomorrow. No pressure. to last draft lottery simulator, right? No, one. We have one more tomorrow. Does I mean second to last? Oh, second to last. I thought you said last. Yes, that's what second. Pay to attention. Last. Second to last means, Mike. He doesn't pay attention. And for whatever reason, it's coming up as a totally blank. <laughs> Hold on. Um, that is exciting as heck. 
right, I can do it. I'll do it anyway, even though it's not. I can do it on my phone. I got it. I got it right here. Mine has. To, I want mine to be the right one. Got to do this right. We can't screw around here, Mike. You know. I will. I will prove to you who it is. Hey, I do want to say this while you're waiting. Corey Crawford played ten less games than Jonathan Quick and was only five wins less in the win column and had a higher save percentage. I really don't get this. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you there. He, it's not his fault that he has Patrick Kane on his team. No, it's not his fault. Okay, so let's go, and here we go. Not NHL Draft Liars. I'm going to try this again. Um, All right, take two. NHL Draft Liars Simulator 1's coming right up. Um, yeah, so the... the, the yeah, this is coming right up like service today. at Friendly's. The you NHL put the credentialing... Like 40 minutes to eat. Like, I don't go yes. there anymore. The, the, the NHL put the credentialing thing out today for this lottery... Draft Larry, um, Mike, if you're curious, if you want to go up to do to it, where is it being held? Being held in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I honestly, maybe, maybe. We'll talk yeah, about it, but I think cool. that might be a fun thing to do. Um, cool. He's stalling, Mike. I am stalling. I got um, it on my phone. I can do it on my phone. I got it right here. I got it. Right here. Take I'm gonna, three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to trust me. Ready? Here we go. The winner is. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Today is the Buffalo Sabres. Ah, oh, fix. Wait, wait, can we see that? We can't see it. You could just be saying names. I am I not. you got to trust me once in a while. No, here. no, we need photographic evidence. I'll take no a way. picture of this. No. Once in a while, you got to trust him. Once in a while, you got to trust me. Here's the next one. The next winner is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Followed by the New Jersey Devils. All American teams. Yeah, All this, there's American. something wrong with this stinks. Fix. All American Fix. teams, I'm gonna take a picture of it and show you. <laughs> we need photographic evidence. There it is. Ready? There you have it. Uh, okay. Alright. We need an American sweep. What would Canada do if this happened? They would be so angry. Maybe I maybe maybe I shouldn't go then, Russ, because there'd be a killing spree. If they're all <laughs> No, but, you know, just like there'd be anger for the Oilers getting the first pick overall, I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like there would be anger if there, if this if this happened. Yes. yes. It, Gary Bettman will have to be escorted out with Secret Service coverage. Is it worse if this happens or if Edmonton gets the first pick? Oh, Edmonton no, still worse with Edmonton. Edmonton will be worse. They're, but this yeah. might be the second worst scenario. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the worst, the second worst would be Boston getting this. That would really completely baffle. Oh, because of the one percent factor, maybe. Yeah. In Toronto, the the second worst to Edmonton would be Montreal. Oh, Montreal, yeah, there's no question about that. So anyway, we'll, well, we're only a couple days away, and Mike, if you want to go, I will, I will put in a request for you, and you will be there, I'm sure. Um, but it's uh, it's seven to nine p.m. Yep. And uh, then you have media availability at eight thirty. It says so you can you know I'm sure they'll have they'll have uh, they'll they'll bring on out Austin Matthews in his uh, Edmonton Oilers jersey to talk to everybody. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think they're gonna have players there. I think you're gonna be interviewing. Well, no, last year they no. did. Yeah, last Connor year. McDavid was there last year. Why wouldn't Austin Matthews be there this year? Yeah, I guess if they had McDavid last year, I forgot about that. You're they right. Both, I, 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 Eichel, Eichel, I, McDavid, didn't they? I think Eichel was there too. I he think. was there too, but they really yeah, only. Those two. You're, you're right about that. That's true. Yeah, I mean they were both maybe I don't know. I'm I'm assuming you know, Matthews is probably back at back you know stateside, right? And he's here. Yeah, he's back in the states. He's not playing in the or is he playing in the world in the world championship? He's playing in the world championships though. Yeah, that doesn't start for at least a couple weeks now, right? Yeah. No, it's not that far off, is it? It's one. I think it's a week to ten days away, something like that. Yeah. All right, there you go. Without the buzz, it's just hockey. 
we'll be back tomorrow with our picks for the final two games of the old, and we'll be there, of course, talking about what happens tonight in the Battle of 8 versus 87. Talk to you soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.